In our morning services, we've been uh, looking at our, our vision and going through uh, the different aspects of our vision. And for the past number of weeks, maybe months now, we've been looking at building God's kingdom and the various aspects of the kingdom of God. And uh, last week, Edward uh, was sharing about the grace of God in his kingdom. It is a mark of his kingdom. And today, I want to simply share about the king of the kingdom, Jesus. And uh, I'm not going to sort of read out a, a, a long passage, because I want to refer to lots of passages um, during the message uh, this morning. But just to say that Jesus often said the kingdom of God is like, and he told lots of parables and they were about ordinary things, about fishing and about making bread and lots of things. But a number of the parables began like this. The kingdom of God is like a king who. A king who called to settle accounts. A king who gave a great banquet and invited everyone to come. But some refused to come. I've brought... Uh, a little book with me this morning. It's a special book. I take it whenever I leave the country because I have to. It's my passport. Passports are those are amazing books that have the most embarrassing picture of us that has ever been taken by anyone, ever. Because we're not allowed to smile. We look as if we've just got out of prison or we're due to go in. So I won't show you mine. No, 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 no. No, no. But I, and, and, and I've used this book many times. It's allowed me into all sorts of places. Um, and uh, without it, I wouldn't have been allowed. But I've never read the front, the cover. It's a book I've never read. It's so important to me, but I've never read it. Does it remind you of another book? It says that, right on the front, it says, United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Passport with a lovely emblem, you know, coat of arms. Then on the inside, Her Britannic Majesty's Secretary of State requests and requires in the name of Her Majesty all those whom it may concern to allow the bearer to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. Isn't that amazing words? On behalf of Her Majesty. I'm a British citizen. It says so. It also says I'm the Reverend Philip Martindella. Which always... That always gets me funny looks when I go through passport control. There you go. Don't know why. Don't know why. We're used to talk of the kingdom, aren't we? The United Kingdom. Edward talked about what were the hallmarks of the United Kingdom last week. Fish and chips. All those kind of things. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland for hundreds of years, a historical, social, political and financial union of four nations forming the United Kingdom. How For how long? Who knows? Nations who share one sovereign 
one monarch, king or queen. And we have Queen Elizabeth II as our monarch at the moment. And we celebrated this year Diamond Jubilee, 60 years of her reign. And we do celebrations pretty good, don't we, in the United Kingdom. Look at that. It's amazing, isn't it? Another one? We have flypasts. Perhaps one more. And concerts. I'm sure the Queen loves those concerts. <laughs> you know, she, she stays up at night for weeks before them. I, say, oh, I just can't wait to have that rock band outside my front door. <laughs> have we got double glazing, Philip? But I am not really, in my heart, a citizen of the United Kingdom. I am a citizen of the Kingdom of Heaven. And my ultimate allegiance is to the King of Heaven, the Lord Jesus. He is my King. He's my saviour. He's my Lord. I've taken every morning over the past year or so to kneeling before I do anything else in the morning. Just getting on my knees, whether it's just for a short time or a longer time, just to acknowledge that he's my king. And that I'm his subject in his kingdom. And I'm a son of the king of kings. It's a way of keeping me in a place where I acknowledge with humility all that Jesus has done for me because I know that I can get accustomed to what he's done for me. That 26 or so years ago, he saved me, turned my life around, gave me eternal life. And as we've come this morning to worship God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we have declared Jesus as the King. Jesus as King is the cry of revival. It's a political statement as well. We acknowledge that Jesus is the complete revelation of God to mankind. God in human form, God in the flesh, God come to, to reveal to us his nature and his love and his grace in a way that we can understand it. Father loves us, but we would not know it without Jesus coming. And we would not know Jesus without the Holy Spirit revealing him to us. Today we worship Jesus as king. In the Old Testament, there is no commoner title for God than king. The Lord is king forever and ever, Psalm 10. Psalm of King David, he is the king of glory. He is the king of all the earth. The Holy One of Israel is our king. My God is my king. It is the instinctive language of love and devotion and of worship.
The center of Jesus' message was about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And there can be no kingdom without a king. And I think it is significant that many of Jesus' great parables were about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price. Something so precious, so wonderful that when you find it, you would give up everything else just to have it. It is that special, that precious. The kingdom of God is like someone who finds treasure buried in a field and he goes away and he sells everything he has to buy the field that he might have the treasure within it. That's the kingdom of God. It's what it's like. The kingdom of God is like a king. A king who prepared a wedding banquet. He sends out all his servants with invitations. Will you come to the banquet? Come to the banquet. But people make up all sorts of excuses why they won't come. I I don't want to come to the banquet. I'm busy. Come back and invite me later because I've got so much on at the moment. I don't believe the king has a banquet on. It's always too cold in the banqueting hall. I don't want to go. And they make up excuses. Who said he was king anyway? And then the king says, well, just go and invite anyone who will come. Anyone who will come, rich or poor, high or low, just go and tell everyone. And they come and the banquet hall is full. It's a parable of the gospel, isn't it? Another parable, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he, and he calls one servant who owes him a lot of money. And the guy pleads for mercy and he says, okay, I'll settle the debt. And then that servant finds another servant who owes him a little bit and says, give me the money you owe me. And Jesus talks about judgment. That unless God has settled our debts and in gratitude we come to him and as we have been forgiven, we Forgive others. The kingdom of God is like the king who separates the sheep and the goats. I didn't know this until I traveled to the Holy Land that the sheep and the goats look exactly alike in Israel. See, we do it properly. We have fluffy sheep. We have sheep that you can draw just with big little circles and little heads. And they're so cute. And goats, yeah, we know what a goat looks like. It's a beard. You know, for Movember. And, uh, but in Palestine, in, Egypt, in Israel, the goats and the sheep look exactly alike. But the king knows who the sheep are. And he knows who the goats are. And there's going to come a day when he separates them. And those, the sheep who have owned his name called on his name and been saved, they will come into his kingdom and the goats who have refused will be separated from him eternally. 
The king knows who are his and who are not. Implicit in those parables, Jesus is king for those who have ears to hear. It's a motif that is throughout the New Testament. It's even there right at the very start. In a few weeks, we're going to be singing our carols about the angel Gabriel who comes to Mary and talks about the baby that she will have and he will reign as king and his kingdom will never end. Angel Gabriel stands in the presence of the father, comes and tells Mary that the king is coming. The visit of the Magi, the wise men, they, t- they come because they wanted to worship the one who has been born king of the Jews. It had been revealed to them in the most amazing way. God uses the most amazing ways. They were searching the stars. It was revealed to them a king was going to be born. And so they come and look for the king. Throughout the Gospels, And again, toward the end of the Gospels, as Jesus comes to Jerusalem, he rides in to Jerusalem on a donkey. And the crowd starts singing and shouting because there is a stirring that the King has come. The Messiah is here. It's a fulfillment of prophecy, Zechariah 9.9. See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. Jesus is openly, openly declaring that he is the king. And the crowd shout, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. But not the king they were expecting. Or maybe hoping for. The king who would ride in and kick the Romans out. You notice Jesus never said anything about the Romans occupying. He came to seek and save the lost. Then at the Last Supper, which we'll share again this morning, he links this simple meal, part of the Passover meal, but he takes the bread and the cup And links it to the kingdom of God. And he says he will not share of it again. Until he shares it with those he loves. And those who have come to him. When he comes in his kingdom. This simple meal of remembrance. Is a kingdom event. It holds together the death of Jesus on the cross. And the return of Jesus. Jesus is coming again. He came once in obscurity as the king. He will come and every eye will see him. And every knee will bow as he comes as the king of kings and lord of lords. It was on the charge that Jesus claimed to be a king that he was arrested And brought before the Roman authorities, before Pilate. His accusers said, he says he is Christ, a king. Claims to be a king, a messiah. 
Pilate asks him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, It is as you say. Doesn't say no. Says it is as you say. It is correct to call Jesus king. But neither Pilate nor the Jewish accusers had begun to understand what Jesus' kingship meant. As Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus the king, handed over to be flogged. You remember part of the horseplay of the soldiers. As they have their prisoner. And they can do whatever they like to him. He's going to die. And so they whip him and scourge him. And then they start playing games, don't they? They wrap him in a, in a purple robe. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they start bowing down to him. Hail, King of the Jews. Not so big now, King of the Jews. And they punch him. Who hit you? Prophesy. And Jesus the King, God himself in the flesh, gives himself over to such torture, to such humiliation. Because it is the way of his kingdom to come and save the lost. And then as he's marched out, carrying the crossbeam of the cross, they have a placard that's carried in front of all the prisoners. And it says of Jesus, here is Jesus, King of the Jews. Three languages. Pilate insisted. And the mocking doesn't stop as Jesus is crucified. The insults rain down. The taunts rain down. See, if you're a king, you would just come down from there. Come on. Miracle worker. One who said that you would rebuild the temple in three days. If you come down from the cross right now, we'll believe in you. If you come down from the cross, show us you're alive, we'll believe in you. And he doesn't. Why didn't he come down? Could have done. William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, says, I believe in Jesus precisely because he did not come down. Because he did not come down. And he hung there for me and he hung there for you. That all your sins might be washed away. As in that moment, Jesus takes it all on himself. All of it. All the things we've done and the things done to us. He takes on himself. That we might be forgiven. That we might have a new life. He died for us. 
And for all who would believe in him and would enthrone him as king in their lives. Why wouldn't you? I didn't for years. I think I might have been one of those mocking him. Certainly mocked those who followed him for years. Even my parents. Fronting up, 16 years old I was. You're so weak, you need Jesus as a crutch to lean on. Because I knew it all at 16. My shame. My saviour. Two criminals crucified with Jesus. One just continued to hurl insults. The other turns to Jesus in that amazing moment and just says the most simple words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When you come into your kingdom. Even on the cross, this man turns to Jesus and acknowledges he is king. We're getting what we deserve. This man is innocent and is suffering. And Jesus replies with those amazing, wonderful words, Today you will be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Even today, there may be someone here this morning who confesses Jesus as their Savior. And you may say, Jesus, I acknowledge you today. And Jesus will say, from this moment, you are mine. And you will be with me forever. The deal is done. Jesus comes on the cross, broken, naked, discredited king, and the shout goes up, the king is dead. The king is dead. But not for long long. See, death can't handle Jesus. Death hasn't met anyone like Jesus before. Death can't handle Jesus. Can't hold him. And Jesus is risen. Risen from the dead. And soon the day comes when the confession of the church of Jesus Christ echoes the worship of heaven from the very beginning, Jesus is king. To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power. And the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. In the declaration in Revelation, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, the swordless king. The marks of his monarchy are the marks of his suffering. And the only throne he wants to occupy is the throne of heaven. And the throne of our hearts. As he calls all men and women... To follow him. I've been reading about David in 
the Old Testament readings that I'm doing. And there's this remarkable picture that is given when he is a, a, a running away, facing the Philistines. And these men come to David and say, David, we are for you. We are for you. We have come that you will be king. We have come to make David king. That's what they say. And Jesus calls you and I to come. Come, that others may know who I am. We have come this morning to make Jesus king. We go out of those doors this morning to make Jesus king. And we are believing for the lost to be saved. One of our members has shared with me just the sense of what God has revealed to her is that if we humble ourselves as a church, God will give us 10,000. If we humble ourselves as a church, God will give us 10,000. And as she said it to me, she said, it's not enough, is it? I said, it'll do as a start. <laughs> to start, can God do it? We're crying and crying out for revival. It's time to humble ourselves. It's time to make Jesus king. And when we say Jesus is king, he comes above all other things. And we have to lay some stuff down. Stuff that easily entangles us and trips us up. We lay it down. We humble ourselves before the king. Say, you are the one we adore. You are the one that we give our allegiance to. We are here for Jesus, his name, his glory, his rule, his reign, his honor, his praise, his crown. We have entered the kingdom because of his grace, by repentance and faith. But soon, and we don't know how long it will be, soon he will come again. And he will stretch his scepter over every person who has ever drawn breath. And every person, and every animal, and every angelic being ever created. And over every place, and every space, and every star, and every galaxy in the universe. And there will be a trumpet blast from heaven. And there will be a shout. The king has come. The king has come. It's what we live for. Those words of the song that we sang earlier, the king has come, the glorious, the awesome son of God, the beautiful, the sovereign Lord of love, Jesus, the king has come. He came so that we could know the father's love, the savior, the healer. He came to seek and save all that was lost. Restorer, redeemer. This is the day. This is the time. Let the kingdom of our God reign. I'm going to ask the band to come back. We're going to sing a couple of songs in response.
First one is, here I am, majesty. And uh, I'm going to ask you if you want to, if you are able to, that during the singing of this song, that you would kneel. If you're not able physically to kneel, to make that response either by bowing your head, if Jesus is your king. You don't have to, obviously. You can just stay standing. Or even just put your hands. Because I know hard floors and knees don't mix. I'm not saying for the whole song, but I'm saying for just part. If you sense that this day you want to make that statement of humbling yourself before the King of Kings to do that as we worship. Let's begin by standing if we're able and through this song just make our own response to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, why not today? Jesus loves you. He died for you. Why not today invite him into your life? Let's stand as we sing.